0: that we might find mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. And, And, Lord, we thank you for your shed blood. It's because of that shed blood that we can even come to you and also to expect that we be heard. And if we know we're heard, then we know we have the things we're asking you for. So we honor you, we love you, and we thank you, we worship you, and praise you, and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen. So today I thought I'd talk about the fact that we are not of this world. Amen. We are not of this world. Rach, come here a minute and push this back a couple of inches so I can see your little face over there, and I can keep an eye on your father. I see Miss... And you too, Miss Pat. I'm gonna keep an eye on you. Said, hey, thanks for that's good. Thanks for sending our friend over, your neighbor. She's a sweetie pie. I threatened to take her and go over her house and preach. She is. And you know when she was here, uh, my crowd wasn't with me. <laughs> So I told her, I said, girl, come on, let's go over to your apartment. We can preach over there and have us a good time. I said, hey, I always got me a spot. But anyway, you tell her we love her and, and just whenever she feels the need, get on back here. Amen. She's always welcome. So praise God. <clears throat> Amen. See, Miss Pat is evangelizing for us. That's right. God is using everybody. Everybody who wants to be used, he will use. So we are not of this world, and so and I thought I would kind of help us to understand what that means in the year 2017, what it means to not be of this world, Uh, because we have to keep in mind all the time that the people of God have a history and a heritage of being separated from the world, being in the world but not of the world. See, we came from the world, and now we're separated unto God. So we always have that relationship to relate to the world, but it has to be done in such a way as we stay separate, sanctified, set apart for the use of God, but yet able to relate to humanity, just like Jesus did. When he found himself, the Bible says he found himself fashioned like a man, and he humbled himself to the Father. And so that's what we must do, always humble ourselves to the Father and do his will. And once we understand to do his will, the rest of it is pretty easy. But his will also is to keep us separated from the world. There's something that will happen to us if we don't keep that separation. <clears throat> we can get ensnared again by the world. We can become uh, uh, accustomed to the world and start using the world as our master instead of mastering the things of the world for God yeah. and so there's kind of like this this slippery thing that you can get on where you start getting a compromise you start getting a, uh, you don't resist the world anymore you start making excuses for what you see in the world and not <clears throat> really having that a righteous answer on the inside of you for the things that we observe the world doing we know that the world is getting more and more depraved every day uh, we see people uh, uh, saying things that they didn't used to say you know on television things used to get bleeped out i mean everything's just put on there now and then with the internet and all the different ways people can communicate uh there's some just really you can see the level of depravity that the devil has brought humanity down to but god see there are areas of people in the earth who hold up a righteous standard and that's us but we have to be vigilant that we hold that standard Not in some kind of crazy religious way or some kind of legalistic fashion, even though that's better than compromise. Don't get me wrong. You got me? But that we have a a way of living by the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit, and walking in contact, constant communion with God through meditating on His Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Like keeping God as your constant companion. You have a friend living on the inside of you that you can talk to anytime <clears throat> and keep communion and fellowship with him at all times and, and draw from that, draw from that relationship, draw strength from that relationship, draw comfort from that, and understand that God is dwelling in you to help you and to keep you, what the Bible says, unspotted from the world. keep you pure and holy for him because he has things he wants you to do he has things he has planned for you he has this whole plan for your life and it's a good plan and so we want to stay in touch with the one who wants to do us good all the time and that's god and so i was going through the word (coughs) yesterday i was listening to pastor shirley minister and and i started making some notes just on just you know sometimes you pick up little things it's called stealing all preachers <laughs> all preachers do it but uh i i stole a few things that i thought were interesting little tidbits and then the lord started talking to me <coughs> and telling me that these are the days that he is calling his prophets to warn his people to stay unspotted from the world, to stay with God, to stay in the presence of God, and stay with the things of God. And go deeper. Don't just stay on the fringes all the time. Amen. But but be holy, given over to the Lord, and wholly committed to him. So um, we're going to read some in the book of Exodus. Uh, Let me see. Uh, give you a little background. Let me see my notes here. <clears throat> when Israel was in Egypt, they were in the world but not of it. There were always these separations that God put between his people and between the Egyptian people. They were in the world but not of it. They belonged to God by covenant through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they had a covenant of worship. They had a covenant to worship God, and they were always in covenant with God. As you know, at this time, the law of Moses had not been given yet, so they didn't have the Ten Commandments. They didn't have the temple, the offerings, the sacrifices. None of that was yet set up, but they still had a covenant. Well, see, as as God... (coughs) As man's experience with God increases, God begins to expand on that covenant. And so what we wind up with is a Bible with 66 books in it that talk about the history of God and man, the laws of God, all of the things that that there's a record of God's dealings with man from the creation, and it's in the Bible. And so when, when God is, is expounding these things, he starts by giving them enough to keep relationship with him, and then later on he expands it and expounds on it, and it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. And so as God is dealing with these people, he is doing some things to make himself known to them, but also to help them to understand how to live for him, how to stay separated from him. So it's really a learning and a teaching situation that God has put these people in because I can tell you one thing about sin, it makes you real stupid to the right things. If you look at some of these people who are protesting and marching out in the streets, they really think they, they have something meaningful to do. They really do. Uh, When they can burn and tear down and and curse and malign and do all of these things, they think that's important stuff to do, even though it's very, very destructive. And we look at it and say, why don't you just go get a job? Why don't you, you understand, do something productive. You're a young person with a lot of energy. You're supposed to be in college some of these college degrees are not going to be worth the paper they're written on you be very prayerful about parents about investing all this money uh in your children's education so forth and send them to schools where they learn about god not just this secular (laughs) nonsense don't let them drop god you don't have to drop god in order to get an education you got me (laughs) you hold on to god first and foremost and so, in in this world that we live in, what we're seeing now is the the uh, I guess you can say the the degradation of humanity right before our eyes. We're seeing just how depraved and how low the devil can take us, uh, and and it's up to us as believers and Christians and people who belong to God. To still walk with God and keep a godly standard out there, because people do want the Lord. I mean, at the end of the day, all the trouble that you see out there, people still are weary. They still have problems. They still need God. They still want God. Rach, come here a second. Again, we didn't give me a tissue box of tissues there. Oh, here's here's mine. I'm sorry. I have everything right here. In my own little room. <coughs> So anyway, now uh, Israel, so the children of Israel at the time of Moses had been in captivity for 430 years. And God had prophesied that they would stay as captives in the nation of Israel for 430 years. So whenever, you don't have to worry about anything, folks, uh, time-wise. Trust me. Uh, God knows when it's time for everything to be done and he keeps it on time in fact in the book of exodus when they had the passover in egypt left israel i mean israel left egypt they said it was 430 years to the day that they came out you got me so god will keep his word we don't have to you don't have to push him and try to uh bombard heaven and get god to do something no it's it's already taken care of All you have to do is make sure you stay with God. So when it's time to come out, you come out with the right people. You got me? And you're not. Amen. So they belong to God by covenant through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How they related to their host nation is a lesson for the modern day believer. So how the children of Israel related to Egypt is a lesson for us. There are many opportunities for God's people to be just like or blend in with the world. Moses, who was their leader, you know Moses' story, he was uh, (coughs) put in the Nile River. In fact, we'll go to that in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a proper child or a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him any longer... She got a basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. She placed the child in it and put it among the reeds among the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies," she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, "Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you?" "Yes, go," she answered. So the little girl got went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you." So the woman took the baby and was Moses' mother. That was Miriam, his sister, gave him right back. God gave him right back to his mother. <coughs> you got me? God knows what you what belongs to you. Let me put it to you that way. He'll see to He take care of you. Amen. He'll so make sure you get it. Amen. She called him Moses because the word Moses means drawn out. Amen. So she said because I drew him out of the river. When Moses had grown up, he went to where his own people were and watched them at hard labor. So Moses always knew deep down that he was a Hebrew even though he was raised in pharaoh's household he was raised as a pharaoh he had privilege he had power but it was coming from the world and so this is what god wants us to make that distinction we need to care about where our wealth comes from where our privilege comes from how we get what we get who we're beholding to when we, when we receive things, we need to care about that as believers. We don't, we don't need to compromise with the world in order to get our bills paid, in order to have uh, food on the table, in order to get a raise or get a promotion. We can do these things God's way. Many times we think God takes forever to do something. but i'm telling you god is always on time if we would amen if we would start leaning into the fruit of the spirit that dwells in us for instance when you feel it's taken too long for something to happen there's a fruit inside of you called patience that is reserved for you to be able to draw from to get nourishment and to feed you in times of anxiety and in times of impatience so that the and if you lean into the fruit of the spirit you won't let the enemy push you into doing something premature just because you think you can't take it any longer got me that is so typical of the world and the way the devil treats his people he's always pushing them around it's it's taking too long you you got to get this you got you can't wait forever for you know when am i going to get this all this kind of stuff and and god has everything that you need on a schedule that's going to bless your life amen in other words you be blessed and not stressed Uh huh because the world will stress you out pushing you and pulling you got to do this and got to do that and you know heaping all this responsibility on you I, i i know so well when i see young people see this is one of the advantages of getting older uh and having lived through some things in god because if god does these things for you he'll do them for anybody so i know they'll work for everybody but i watched my my late husband always hated school he went to college and after two years came home he majored in in frat parties and girls and drinking beer you know of course they don't give degrees you can major in that if you want to but you don't graduate with nothing if you he bombed out uh married some girl you know that he got pregnant before you know the whole story of young stupid so-called love and uh, they didn't even stay together a year you understand what I'm saying just stupidity pressure uh, resistance I it was kind of funny when he passed away I found a letter he had written his mother had saved all his letters from college and his mother and I'm going to tell you so about parents and the fact that you should listen to them he had written her a letter and said I'm coming and I'm bringing uh you know The girlfriend, he said, I know you don't like her, but I don't care. And I said, mistake number one. See, if your parents don't like somebody, you should care. They raised you. Amen. All of a sudden, somebody comes out of nowhere, and you'll betray the people who raised you. And choose that person. It worked out to be the biggest mistake of his life. Amen. But I watched him because he didn't really have a desire for school. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with that? You like what you like. You understand what I'm saying? College isn't for everybody. And that is not to exalt people that it is for or put down people that it's not for. It's just who you are. Now, learn how to be who you are. Some people love working with their hands. Let them people work with their hands. Amen. Uh, It was so funny uh, when I had the girls doing something. This was a few years back. uh, uh, I think they were helping to shuck corn. Mm We were all out on the deck shucking corn. And when they would pull the, you know, you pull back some of the silks. And I noticed Bianca took her silks and started fashioning something. You see what I'm saying? That's who she is. Amen. Now, I could say, quit playing with them shucks and let's get some more calling done. But, you know, it it just allows you to examine and see, I mean, who your children are, your nieces or whoever, who people are is evident. Let them be who God made them. And I told her one time, and I said, well, you know, people like you who create things, I said, they can make the world beautiful for people who don't know how to create nothing. You understand? We can buy your stuff and get beautiful things in our benefit, too, you know. So there is a purpose for every gift. Don't stifle the gift. Don't chop the gift off. Let the gift be the gift and be nourished. Amen. Nourish that gift and, and allow that person to be who God created them to be. So, so anyway, where were we? I was just talking about. Oh yeah, about my my uh, late husband. I saw God promote him without formal education.
1: <clears throat>
0: See, when ability has nothing to do with degrees, God will save you time, money, and effort. He didn't want to go to school. He told me that many times. He said, "When I get home from that job, he said, I'm too tired." to sit up in a classroom, and, and but he would always, if there were courses that were offered by the company, he kept up with those things. He was smart about that kind of stuff. He was always on record as being one who was open to learn and doing the things that were necessary for his job, but he wasn't killing himself. You understand what I'm saying? So, And God honored it. Every time he was up for a promotion, he got it. He never missed anything that God had ordained for him to have because he had earned it through his uh, um, uh, faithfulness through his diligence he was a very good worker very diligent worker uh he was able to do good things for the people in that company he wasn't just going there trying to rip off and get what he wanted to get and keep it moving he wasn't an ambitious person like that he took his job seriously and god looks at your heart and he looks at what you do when you get in the workplace are you bringing glory and honor to him and if that's true then god will go ahead and promote you and so i can tell you of. for for a fact, that if you will work with God, he will take whatever abilities you have and he will turn them into a good living for you. He will allow you to do the things that, that you desire to do in your heart. He doesn't want to stress you, straddle you, where you, you try to work a job and, and go to college. And I, I did that for years. And it's tough. And and you know and and if you're a married person and you've got children responsibilities you don't need to be doing all that stuff at amen. one time you don't have to God has a better way for you just saying yeah. amen. Amen. Right. amen I ain't throwing no shade on nobody <laughs> so if you feeling shade it ain't coming from me yeah. you just feeling it huh you just feeling it but but you've got to know His yoke is easy His yeah. burden is light. And see, this is one way to keep ourselves separated from the world. You know, the first thing you need to say, well, shoot, people in the world do that. God, you've got to find an easier way for me. You understand what I'm saying? And press in there for something that takes into account everything that you are called to do with your life. And gives you opportunity and time for your family, for your, your church, and for the things that are very, very important to you. To serve God. Minister to people. <clears throat> you need to put a sign on your door at work and just say the minister is in, the minister is out, or the minister is far out. You know, way out today. But you are their minister. You are a priest no matter where you are huh and you don't need a title you don't need anything all you need to do is recognize who you are but you are the minister for that workplace if you belong to god so always remember that you're a priest no matter where you are so so here moses is born now in in, in the egypt and we all know the story he has to leave uh he sees some um uh his people his uh his uh, hebrew people being mistreated by the egyptians and uh he kills that egyptian buries him in the sand because out of retaliation and, and uh, you know he probably this is the first awakening that he has that he is a deliverer for the people of israel uh, many times the call of god will come to us and and it'll be in a seed form and we try to function in it and we find out we're more flesh than we are spirit so god has to pull moses back and train him get him to know who god is and get him to do some things plus he he gotta leave town because he wanted for murder you understand what i'm saying so, <clears throat> so if nothing else and god has to get him out of town for his own protection <laughs> amen so god then begins to because of the 430 year time frame that god's in he's got to raise up a deliverer for his people so that his people can be free to serve him and to worship him and i think that 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 is happening whether you agree with it or not i believe it's happening in this nation because um we we have prayed a prayer for years that there would be no persecution of the church in our country by our rulers and leaders. Yes. That they would reverence God. Yes. And so we prayed that for more than 30 years now. Yes. And when you see uh, Christians being singled out like internal revenue, uh, that whole um, uh, uh, investigation they had, uh, we find internal revenue is is blocking the 501c3 status of many churches, many nonprofits because they are conservative in their values which means they're not for abortion, gay marriage, all of the things that liberals are for, got me? And when we find out that we are being persecuted, then guess who will raise up? See, many people say well, well, well we're in this cuz we don't pray. I beg your pardon, I pray. You understand me? And I get my assignment from God, and I'm not the only one. There are many, many people who pray, folks. Uh, That's always the guilty ones pointing the finger at themselves. They don't pray. And so, amen. But God will never have a time when people are prayerless. He knows how to get us to pray. He knows how to, he always does. He couldn't make these promises if he couldn't carry them out and so he knows how to motivate people he knows how to raise people up he knows how to uh draft people into into service uh many times you you just be looking for help or you have problems in your life and you wind up with a ministry that's what happened to me amen so you 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 can't outfigure god and you can't tell him what he's doing he knows what he's doing and so when, when persecution starts, like, for instance, um, these people that don't want to make a, uh, put two men on a, on a wedding cake. They're sincere Christians. They're not just hating on gays. You understand what I'm saying? These people have a conscience that tells them. Not to do this because it violates God's law and they'd rather serve God than man. And they have a right to make that decision without being punished. But yet these people are, are losing their homes. They're being sued for enormous amounts of money. I mean how much harm could that do to you? You didn't get a cake made. How much is the cake? A hundred dollars? That should be the limit of your lawsuit. But they let them take those people's homes, hundred thousand dollar judgment against them. Two hundred thousand. This is non this is persecution, it's nonsense, it's not gonna stand. Now God's sick of it, he's done with it, it's over. And so God is coming to deliver his people. Amen. This nation was set up by Christians, for Christians, by the Christian and the Jewish God. It is not set up for every other religion to come in here and tell us we can't worship God. Now, that's ridiculous. This is one nation under God. You can't take this away from God. Are you kidding me? And I don't care how much people protest, cuss, and, and, you know, throw F-bombs at everybody. You can do that all you want to, but you're not taking this from God. And he's done with this. He's put up with this nonsense long enough. It's over. And so God then begins to raise up deliverers to bring people out. And not just in this nation the devil's got too much power everywhere persecuting christians in in nations all around the world underground churches where they you know they get put in jail and tortured because they love jesus god's sick of it now he's done with this worldwide and it's time for his people to come out our god has all the power in the world and we cry out him to him for deliverance continually but I'm telling you, as believers, I don't care where you are. You better stay on your side of the line. Don't you get caught over there with them? Let them people intimidate you, and the, you just, you just, uh, what do they call us? Homophobes. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of that. I don't do that stuff because it'll take you to hell. Yeah, I'm scared of that. And the horse you rode in on i'd be any phobe you want me to be but i'm staying with god you can call it you call out any name like a name is gonna do something huh i've been called worse amen Amen. but i still love god and i'm gonna serve god sit up and listen that nonsense people aren't even happy themselves they commit suicide at an alarming rate if they were, were to get you by yourself, they tell you how miserable they are. Amen. They need the Lord. They need Jesus. So God then decides to develop Moses into a leader in his own way. See, this is what you can never. You can't like sit and map out a program for how God develops people as deliverers. Moses was a murderer. Huh? Who's next? David, murderer and adulterer. Mm. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Saul of Tarsus killed God's people. You got me? So God raises up deliverers and ministers in his own way. Amen. Amen. Amen? If we're looking for somebody who has a clean background as a candidate for serving God, we won't find one, not a human one. You might find a robot with a clean background, but you're not going to find a human with one. So God decides to raise up Moses in his own way. And Moses spends uh, the next 40 years of his life in the desert of Midian. He meets uh, a uh, midianite woman and marries her and then one day he bumps into god or god bumps into him god bumps into people at the right time yeah. amen yeah.
1: the
0: only thing we need to do is make sure we're on time with god yeah. so god then must separate moses from the world for 40 years never get upset about the amount of time god takes to do something in your life amen you can't speed it up you can't slow it down you just got to stay yeah just keep up with god amen keep up with him so moses is separated from the world for 40 years he abandons pharaoh's household godly leaders must lead this life of separation and consecration now, sometimes it may look like rejection, because it looks like sometimes leaders look like they just don't fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to work with this group and they reject you. You try to wait. well, that's what consecration is. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, if we look at it as I belong to God. And what is in my life is ordained by God. We get over the personal rejection aspect of what's going on and look at it as a separation from the world. If God has to have you disrespected by people, put down by people, people turn their backs on you, whatever it is, um, he will do that so that he can keep you separated to himself see we just look at it from from the personal aspect of nobody loves me or why does this always happen to me or you know you're getting in self-pity situations all this kind of stuff and 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 it can make you feel that it is a personal thing but it is a god thing trust me i don't care if, if it's If it's handed to you in a a way, a personal way, it's a God thing that happens in your life to keep you separated from certain kinds of influences in your life. God wants to keep you to himself because even if you're not saved, there is a date and a time, there's an appointment that you have for salvation and God's going to make sure that you keep that appointment. So if he has to make everybody hate you, everybody turn their backs on you, everybody do this, do that, all that kind of stuff, he'll do it. it Amen. Just let God be God. In my family, I wasn't the pretty girl. I was the one in the middle that was overweight. And people would, you know how people are, they'll look at the kids and say, oh, you like your, your mama. Everybody told me I was like my mother. Well, my mother was a very obese woman. So why would you put that on a kid? But that's the way people do things. And I say, well, God, you worked it out to my good. Because that forced me to stay in a place where I focused on what was important in my life at the time and not got distracted. It's the same thing with all of you. There's some things that if if they could work better the way you want them to work in your flesh, they would distract you from staying close to God. You get accepted by everybody. There's a problem there. Huh? You know, you, you want a promotion and God gives you a promotion. You supervise people. They all hate you and want to rebel and disrespect you. Huh? Well, thank God they don't love you. Huh? This is God's design. You know, you're supposed to go there, be their minister. Because, see, if you were their buddy and out drinking with them and carousing with them, you'd all go to hell. You'd lose your salvation and right along with them. So stay in that place where they hate you. Stay in that place where they don't like you. Stay in that place. They don't people never like anybody in charge anyway. They like you for a minute and then always think you up to something. It just goes with the territory, so you have to talk to God and know who you are. You know, you can't can't let people determine who you are. So God separates Moses from Egypt. It took forty years to get him totally divorced from that place god brought him out at the right time he spent 40 years out in the desert and then one day god shows up uh and and talks to moses that's in uh, exodus i think it's chapter let me see where do i want to go next all right let me see it says god develops moses into a leader in his own way Moses has to be separated from the world, from Pharaoh's household, from his Cush lifestyle, from all the servants that waited on him. Godly leaders must live this life of separation and consecration. We are to deny the world and have no desire for it. You know how you have no desire for it? You live separate from it. (laughs) You don't get none amen (laughs) you stay in your little spot and you don't taste of the things of the world in hebrews 11 verse 24 it says by faith moses when he had grown up refused to be known as the son of pharaoh's daughter he chose to be mistreated along with the people of god rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin Or one translation says the pleasures of sin for a season. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. See, you can't look at what the world had, that the world's goods and what they have now. You got to look ahead. You can't be just looking at the moment all the time. That's where the drug addicts and the pimps and the pushers and the alcohol, they're living for the moment. We live for God. Amen. For the eternal God. By faith, it says here, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover. All those rituals and sacrifices and stuff, those things were done by faith, folks. They weren't just going through the motions trying to see if there was anything there. They had faith in in keeping the law of God. So Moses did all of those things, keeping himself separated from the world. So God requires that his people live apart from the world. Our values our manner of living, everything must reflect the God that we serve, has to reflect Him. <clears throat> Moses was concerned of his ability to lead, but God has a plan. Whatever your concerns are about anything that God has for you to do, He has a plan to take care of it. You're not, God's not expecting you to fix yourself up and get yourself in the right frame of mind or what he's not expecting you to. he's expecting you to follow his plan by faith and trust him moses was concerned of his ability to lead but god has a plan not just for moses to be accepted by the people but that god would demonstrate his character and values through a people who are called out to follow and serve him so whatever concerns you in your life You need to know that God has a bigger plan. You're just one little piece of the puzzle. God has a huge plan here, but he expects you to participate and play a part in it. One of the things God is expecting everybody here to do is pray. you got to know that those little prayers that you throw your prayer manuals, got dust on it, wherever it is in your house somewhere, whatever you're doing with that not throwing no shade. You might be feeling it, but I ain't doing it. You understand what I'm saying? That's an important aspect of what God expects you to do. It really is. It's important that you pray. That you follow through on your prayer assignment. See, people don't like to be assigned things. But to me assignment is is honor you know i think to myself god you're honoring what we do you know how many people are running around trying to get a ministry and you have one I see them on Facebook all the time, apostle this, and then they go somewhere and then they say, oh, I just got ordained for a bishop. I don't care if you, you uh, you know, the Pope. That's not, that's not getting you where God wants you to go. A title isn't what God puts on us. Huh? <clears throat> he calls us by name. He doesn't call you by title. I mean, if that title is part of your name, that's your name. You got me? No more anything to pat yourself on the back for, the you know, what your parents birthed you to be. This is your name. Amen. It's part of your name. It's your identity. It's who you are. Reflects your gift. And what you just make sure you, you doing with it what God wants you to do in this earth. Sitting up here trying to get more titles and get more this and more that. <clears throat> so God wants to demonstrate his character Moses was concerned about many things. One of the things he was concerned about was not being familiar with the speech of the Hebrew people. Many people say, oh, Moses stuttered. He don't stutter. He could talk fine. The Bible said he was a learned man. Amen. But he was learned in the Egyptian culture. You got people that speak different languages here. Egypt was a melting pot. Everybody went to Egypt. Amen. They were an advanced civilization. And so many people came there and they spoke their own native language. So Moses could not speak. It wasn't that he stuttered couldn't speak. But he couldn't speak the Hebrew language fluently. When God, when he told God he couldn't speak, what did God tell him? And say, "Who made the mouth?" And then he told him. He said, "I'll let your brother speak for you." Now, if he stuttered, why didn't God say, "I'll heal you of stuttering"? Hey, y'all, wake up! Why would God give him a solution to a problem that wasn't a solution to the problem? We ain't going to make God look bad, folks. He told Moses, I'll let Aaron talk for you because Aaron was fluent in Hebrew. So here we got the first preacher with an interpreter. ministering for god and so aaron went everywhere with moses every time moses went to talk to pharaoh aaron was right there with him and aaron would go and talk to the hebrew children so that he could explain to them what happened when they confronted pharaoh you got me. So his interpreter was there with him all the time. Moses, number one, is is fluent in the language of Egypt. Then he'd been in Midian for 40 years. He ain't no Hebrews out there. They all building bricks down there in Egypt, making the pyramids. All right. So they ain't even down there. They living in Goshen still. And so, so these are the things that God does to help Moses. To be able to do the job for him, I don't care what you think you lack. God has the resolution for it. Amen. He will provide whatever it is you need to do what he's called you to do. Just make sure you're willing to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's our biggest problem. We're so concerned about well, how are we gonna do it, where we going. We're not willing you got to be willing. Hmm? Most of your struggle in life is to get you willing. That's true. <laughs> Just be willing. Oh, but, yeah, but everybody's so scared of everything. Hmm? You love God, but you're scared of Him. Genesis 45.10, you'll see the time of Joseph. You see where Israel lived in a separate land called Goshen. God separates people out from the beginning. You got me? Those people never lived close to Egypt. They worked there. But when they went home, they let they clocked out and left Egypt in Egypt. You got me, and they went and and chilled out in Goshen. So in Genesis 45, let me see the note that I put there. So, trying to just give you the highlights of of how they lived. God did not allow his people to mix culturally. With other uh, people who served other gods. In Genesis 45 and verse 32. Hmm. Like I said, ain't no 45, 32. <laughs> Ugh. Is it 23? I hope so. Wait a minute. Oh, 45, 10. I'm sorry. It says here... Um, joseph is talking to his brothers this is after his mascara been running he'd been crying like a baby and carrying on and stuff you know poor little joseph he was trying to be mad at his brothers after all those years but he couldn't hold it together He god had changed him yeah see prison don't have to make you a professional thug it can soften your heart you got me <laughs> if god is in there with you i know most of them come out r- worse but Some of them can be changed for the better. Verse 8, it says, So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all that you have, I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all you belong to will become destitute and perish. So, that land of Goshen was a land that was separated out for God's people. They could have blended in and mixed in because I'm telling you, everybody was rushing down to Egypt because there was a famine worldwide. Egypt was the only place where there was provision for people. But even with that, Joseph in his wisdom made provisions for God's people to remain separate from the heathen that they were around. And Joseph the same way. He lived a life, he paid a heavy price to live a a life consecrated to God. He didn't mix up with people. He kept his integrity. He kept his standards. He kept everything, even though he worked for for these heathen people. He worked for uh, people who didn't serve the same God, but he kept his integrity with God. And so he made it possible for his uh, family to do the same thing, for all of God's people to do the same thing. Now, in Genesis 43, it tells you why they were separated. In Genesis 43 and verse 32, this is where... uh, uh, but Joseph has his first dinner with his brothers. They come down looking for food in Egypt. And verse 31, after he had washed his face, he came, he'd been crying again. He came out and controlling himself, he said, serve the food. So the Egyptians were servants to him. They served him by himself, the brothers by themselves. And the Egyptians who ate with them by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews for that was detestable or an abomination to the Egyptians. So even their food practices were controlled by their gods. All you natural food freaks and kale drinkers and you know was it going to be colon blow people and You notice how everything has a cleanse to it? <clears throat> huh? You know all this toxic sludge in your body. You gotta get it cleansed out. You gotta get, you know, blow your colon out. And we don't want to be defiled. We just gotta get cleansed. Huh? that's the world trying to wash away their sin now hear me and i'm not going to tell y'all this again because this is elementary the bible says it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you you can eat all the colon blow you want to The day you sit up and believe there's sludge in your body, now you're just crazy. Huh? well no, that's just stupid. But see, this is what the devil does. See, first they take God away from you. See, in this nation, they remove God out of everything. Now we're paying the price for it. Got me? Because they want their, their kids to grow up and and live and be normal but if you take god away that won't happen see what i'm saying you can't have it both ways so so now christian children have to put up with the world's nonsense and what they're telling themselves and see they're trying to feel holy and feel cleansed because they know they're in sin Got me? Sin is killing them. So they pick up some kind of false religion. Then the first thing they do is is do it through the food. Now, in the Bible, God gave the children of Israel a diet to follow. Not saying they did. Like you and me. We know what we ought to eat, but... I mean, the first thing that got Adam and Eve in trouble in the garden was food. Huh? <laughs> Eve, put the fruit down. Huh? That's the first thing that's going to get us all in trouble It's some need. You got me? Boy, come on now. Y'all sit up here and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. That's the easiest thing to get people to slip up on. And then it's the easiest thing for the devil to try and make people think they're holy because they eat a certain way. So he'll restore that that tripped us up and make us think this is the only way to live. If you do this, you'll live a hundred years and you won't have that, that toxic sludge. But he does it through, you know. And then oh yeah, we gotta give you something to do to make you feel spiritual. Oh yeah, they're spiritual people. So they sell you yoga mat and yoga pants. Now see you can't do it right without the mat and the pants now. So now you got some billionaire making more money making them pants and the mat so you can feel holy. Uh-huh. then christians scared of the word meditation because the devil took it already when we're supposed to be using that to meditate on the word to renew our minds so we don't pay much attention to meditation because we're scared of it because the devil had messed it up yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. now they're teaching yoga in school and won't let your kids pray it's a minefield out there folks you got to keep yourself separate you got to know the word of god you got to stick with the word of god and keep yourself separated from this nonsense this baloney i don't care if it is sliced thin it ain't ham it's baloney you got me That's an old joke. (laughs) You like that, Ray? That's pretty cool. It's an old one, but it still works. Right. (laughs) So, Joseph, these things are an abomination. There are some things that you do are an abomination to the sinners around you, but they won't let you know it. When you say certain things you say that are normal for you to say you know they hate it but they smile in your face huh you'll never know they hate it see so god is separating you anyhow you had christians try to compromise and god is separating us anyhow huh they got now where they'll find your old your old tapes and recordings and bring them up and who's that kim burrell pastor kim burrell thought she was going to get all famous singing some theme song or something somewhere huh but they found an old sermon of hers where she was given the word where homosexuality is concerned and they got her busted off the ellen show sometimes god will close doors for you every door that's open ain't for you to go through Amen. we need to tell people in the world we don't want nothing you got you striving to get accepted by the world for. So already with God's people there's a separation in manners and customs. You know why God told his people not to eat certain things? To remind them to trust him for their provision. You got me? That's the only reason. There's nothing wrong with pig. I don't want to... I don't want to get your Muslim side upset. There's nothing wrong with shellfish. See, we like that, but we don't talk about. Well, in the Bible, it tells you, you don't eat certain things. Are you nuts? Do you know the penalty of the old covenant? And it's him. Some people go get them old diets and say this the biblical diet now. To dug that old stuff up and tell you still working. Like Paul said, there's, if you worship God with your will, there's a little wisdom there. But you're trying to worship him with your
1: spirit.
0: You don't worship God with your will. You worship him with your spirit. Talk, talking Christian. Mm-hmm. So there was already a separation in manners and customs when you serve God. Your custom is to go to church on Sunday. Them heathens you work with and work for is out jogging on Sunday. let see, when I was a new Christian, I would lean, when I was driving by myself, I'd lean my head out the window and say, go to church. <laughs> I should do it now. Because there's more of them out there running, running from the devil huh dropping dead heart attacks because they need to be somewhere trying to find god so you need to know that the values in our nation are lines drawn in the sand of politics now so so your spiritual bent is being played out politically because the devil's smart enough to know that if he can enact laws that will force us into sin then he's got us so he thinks you know this has been tried so many times moses was born the hebrew women were supposed to kill all the male babies when they were born imagine that you give birth to a baby somebody takes it away from you and murders it you see how evil the devil is you see why god don't want us compromising with him you can't compromise with him. He wants everything. Yes. Amen. So God is making his voice heard and calling his people to come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing. Amen. Abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, pedophilia, all of these are abominations to God. And he is calling his Holy Bride to separate herself from all evil. Through Moses, God was able to demonstrate who he is and his values. That's what the ten plagues were for, where God was demonstrating that he was a holy God, he was a just God, and he was opening the eyes of blind people to the truth and that's what he's doing now he's pulling people out of their stupor churches where you know people we used to think that a church was a good church if they had a lot of people and they was on television now i was just as guilty as everybody else that was our model And see, with mass communication the way it is, we have to be careful to discern where God is and not pick up these ideas of man. One of the things that brought me, shocked me back out of, into a real reality was when God told me to start studying the persecuted church. And I realized there are other Christians in this world who don't have it so good, who aren't sitting up watching television And being entertained, amen, that kind of stuff. There are people who are dying every day to serve God. What am I doing? And so God will have you start drawing this line of understanding where he is and where he's not, amen. One of the things that God had to show the Egyptian nation was he's a God who demands holiness. He demands we live holy for him. God demands worship. He demands, he keeps covenant with us. And he is the almighty and ever-present God. When Moses asked God his name, what did he tell him? In Exodus 3, I am that I am. In other words, what God says here is this. I am really means I'm alive. Buddha? You got me. Who's that other one? Oh, uh, uh, Allah? Jesus. Jesus is alive. That's why they hate him. They hate you because your God is alive. A living God can do something, a dead one can't. So that's why they let them have all the dead gods they want to have. Want to kill you if you say anything negative about they little dead guy. So God is revealing himself so he can separate a people unto himself. He has to let people know he's alive. He has to let them know what he's like. He has to let them know what he likes and what he doesn't like so they can make a decision to serve him. Many people in this country have no clue what God is. We have taken God away from people for over, I think it's more, more, I know over 40 years now when they took prayer out of school. They took, and, and the woman who fought to get prayer out of school wound up being murdered by people that worked for her, buried her in the desert. See, that's your reward when you serve the devil. When he's done with you. They kidnapped her and her granddaughter and her son, tortured those people, stole all the money from them and buried them out in the desert. She was a diabetic, and they said that, I don't know if they publicized all the details, but the man that murdered them finally did give the police some information. He told them where they were buried and everything, and um, it was horrible. She died suffering in a coma. And after she paraded around made fun of Christians called us all kind of names I'm telling you God that God gets people that do that these people going in rich taking their fist in Christians faces and making fun of us and telling them we can't do this and that God is gonna get them people straightened out now make no just make sure you ain't their friend. So Moses finally hears from God, starts gathering the people together in Exodus 4, 29 through 31. He goes and speaks to the people. And they want deliverance and agree to let Moses lead them. That's the first and foremost. God's God's leaders are legitimate folks. They're not illegitimate leaders. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When he raises somebody up. He raises them up legitimately. He doesn't raise up dictators. He doesn't raise up, you know, crazy people. He raises up legitimate leaders. He he works through legal channels. So the people want deliverance and agree to let Moses lead them. Pharaoh, though, because he's in control, begins to harden himself against everything Moses tells him that God told him to tell him god demands deliverance from all bondage trust me anybody that's being uh held against their will captive imprisoned i don't care what it is people drugs uh whatever it is god is in the delivering business he will get those people delivered god puts an end to all oppression especially oppression of his people Persecuted Christians worldwide are soon to be delivered. You need to know that abortion in this nation as a legal practice will end. Genocide and terrorism will soon end. God is raising up deliverers worldwide. Amen are all these people christians no some of them are not but god can get people to to deliver he can get them to do the right thing whether he's they're his people or not matter of fact sometimes god can get more out of some people than he can his own just depends on how he wants to do things god judged egypt and the spirit of pharaoh with demonstrations of his power through the plagues these plagues pushed Pharaoh to be more hardened, but it showed Israel the power of their God. Yes. You gotta understand that the nation of Israel did not know the I am. Yes. They knew that, that their ancestors four hundred and thirty years ago had served <laughs> had served them a god but they weren't really practicing serving him so god had to introduce himself to his own people so at the same time he's introducing himself to uh, to pharaoh and the egyptians so when people are oppressed they need to know that their god has power and i mean all power so god used everything that he had in exodus chapter 7 you see one of the plagues where Aaron's rod becomes a snake, and Pharaoh's magicians could do the same thing. So every test that they were put to, they they did the same thing. The one thing that did happen was Moses' snake ate up all the other ones. He was the biggest snake, but they could do everything, <clears throat> everything that they could do. This is one of the ways God separates his people. Let's say, for instance, you're looking for God to give you a good job. Well, you can do that just with good principles you don't have to pray you don't have to serve god you don't have to do but there will come a time where there's something you need to obey god to get honey trust me you he can you the devil can give you duplicates of everything that god can d- give you except for some things because there's always something god reserves for himself that only he can do for you other than that, we could all serve the devil today. But God always reserves a power that only He can do. So in Exodus chapter seven, it was a snake. The rod became snakes. The Egyptians did it. The Nile was turned to blood. Pharaoh's magicians could do it. The plague of the frogs in Exodus eight. Pharaoh's magicians could do it. In in uh, uh, in uh, eight. Uh, verse 19 if you'll turn there see when god's had it he's had it when he decides to show up he'll show up Amen. verse 16 then the lord said to moses tell aaron stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground throughout all the land of egypt egypt the dust will become gnats." they did this and when Aaron stretched out his hand with a staff and struck the dust to the ground, gnats came on the people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But the magicians tried to produce it by their secret arts, and they could not. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. Oh, amen. We'd have finally bumped into God. For real. Amen. Many times Moses would do things and these were things he would already knew how to do. There will be things that you can do. We're smart people. huh? We're influential people. Just because God lives in us and God favors us. So there are a lot of things that you can do without God's help. But there's going to be time you got to have the finger of God moving in your life. When the finger of God finally shows up, you see it's something you can't move by yourself. You, your influence won't do it. Your connections won't do it. Your checkbook won't do it. Your friends' checkbook won't Mommy's prayers don't work for you no more. And Huh? Uh-huh. You're going to need the finger of God to move that thing for you and that's what happened to them they really really did bump into god and after that they were done they put their little magic arts away i believe that moses had to confront these things where the magicians could duplicate them so that he could get rid of the his old skills because he was a magician as well got me You could see that because he was so skilled with the rod and the this and the that kind of stuff. And so God has to work that worldly stuff out of us. So you get to the place where that worldly stuff don't work for you, uh oh, we done bumped into God for real. So Moses with the gnats, Moses finally meets God himself. You got me? He finally sees, oh, this is what I am is like. Because I can't duplicate this. I've never seen this before. This is out of my control. Maybe I need to obey him. And maybe I need to lay down my little works and serve God myself. More plagues came. They came with the flies. In Exodus 9, all the livestock died. But in Goshen, everything was alive. And this is where you'll start getting your converts People are going to watch you to see what you do. You're not aware of it, but they are. The Bible says we're the light of the world. What do you think light does? Huh? It stays in your face. Now you may be trying to blend in and you may be trying not to pray with nobody and get quiet and you pray in terms. But do that all you want to baby but you, they still know you because if nobody else knows you the devil knows you and he will alert his people to who you are so you're known no such thing is no closet christian you think you're in the closet you just as exposed as you can be huh like all these gay people come out the closet i'm gay <laughs> seriously you think we didn't know You might feel better for having said it, but we've been knowing this all along. Who do you think you're fooling? Them devils are very obvious. Are hey, you
1: Oh, no. Nah.
0: Same thing with you closet Christians. Trying to wear the clothes, talk the jargon, be all cool and everything. You can't even keep up with the crazy stuff they do pants hanging off the butt oh they doing that now i got to do that too and uh, just get real here just be you go put some straight clothes on and be like a straight boring christian (laughs) but god has a plan not just to deliver israel but he's going to deliver some egyptians too amen Amen. because god can save those sinners around that's why you're there that's why you like some of them. You have compassion on them. You need to be praying for them and not just liking them. Huh? Put them on your salvation prayer because they need to be saved. Amen. The world can be converted only as God separates us. They have to be converted to something. Amen. So they have to see a separation between you and them so that they have a place of refuge, some place to go to in their time of difficulty. So that night when when Egypt, when God decided to pull Israel out of Egypt, this is where the harvest begins to come. And that's in Exodus chapter 12.
1: <clears throat> Let
0: me go there real quick and we can finish this up. In verse... I think it's 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, come on, leave me and my people. See, salvation is for now. There's a hurry onto your salvation when it's time. Amen. Because the devil is right behind you. I can't tell you the times I was re- ready to pray with somebody and all of a sudden everybody and their brothers showed up trying to interrupt everything. It's, it's always that way. And they said, go worship God as you have requested. Take your flocks, herds, and all you have said, go. And so Pharaoh asked God to bless him also, but he's not sincere. He's the fire, you know, fire insurance policy guy. Salvation is not an escape from fire. It's a life with Christ. It's a holy life. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise they say, we will all die. So the people took everything they had. The Lord, verse 36, the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them their gold, their clothing, and everything that they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There are about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children, and many other people went with them. So here's your Egyptians. You know the Egyptians sitting up watching the plagues all the time? They wasn't watching for nothing. Sinners who watch you are not watching for nothing. Because them people say, now listen, we sat up and we watched everything that our magicians did. Them Hebrew people know something about a God somewhere and we can't duplicate his power. So when God does things and he does them publicly, yeah, they might get you Christians in trouble and us Christians in trouble. But trust me, it's not just for us that we live. God is convincing people who are sinners that it's worth it to serve him. Because when Moses Moses led Israel out, the Bible says they had a mixed multitude of people. Remember remember that movie, The Ten Commandments? Edward G. Robinson? He wasn't no Hebrew, honey. He was a bad guy. They took him too. They took a lot of people out of there. So when God starts showing who he is, when it's a confrontation between good and evil, God will show, pay attention, folks, to what's going on in the world. Pay attention to what's going on in our nation. The Bible says, why do the heathen rage and the people who imagine a vain thing? He who sits in the heavens is laughing at all of these people who think they're intimidating the people that God has called to preserve this nation and the world. But God will have his way, and this nation will remain one nation under God. So help us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your... You stay on God's side. Amen. Forget the compromise. There's no time to make friends with anybody who's not talking right, walking right, worshiping right, any of that stuff. Uh, The world is going to change very, very quickly. God's promised that. It's going to be a righteous takeover all over the world. God is going to establish his throne in this earth because he's tired of the devil whooping up on people and taking their minds, stealing from them, uh, taking their children, uh, capturing them through drugs, and kidnapping, and human trafficking. All oh, This is an abomination to God. He's done with it. You hear me? He's done with it. But you've got to make sure you stand up for God every place that you are. Amen? Because that's what he's depending on. That's our part to do. Is just to walk right before him and stay holy before him at all times. So, Father in Heaven, we thank you that we are a holy people. We love living for you. It's not something that we do. It's something you've done for us. And we thank you. I thank you, Father, for everybody healed in this place.